Welcome to the second episode of the Decades of Strength podcast, featuring Sam Altieri, representing our 20-somethings, Nicole Garrett, representing our 30s, and Kim Schlag, that's me, representing the 40 and up crowd. Today, we're going to talk to you about weight loss plateaus, how to know if you're in one, what to do about it. And we're also going to talk to you about meal prep strategies. We're all in different places in our lives, and we all take a bit of a different approach to meal prepping, and we're going to share some of our best tips and tricks with you. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello. Hello. Hey, Kim. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Hello. I'm doing well, thank you. Is that Sam? It is. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello, Sam. How all are right. you? We are all on. Woo! All right, everybody. Welcome to this month's episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. Um, you're with me, Nicole Garrett, uh, representing all those working, busy parents with young kids. We have Sam Altieri representing all of the 20-something-year-olds who are busy building their careers and also their fitness, and Kim Schlag, who is representing all the parents who have older kids or kids who are sort of getting ready to leave home. Yes. Hello, everybody. I'm so glad to be here with you all. You might notice that there are just three instead of four of us here today. Our dear friend, Susan Niebergall, is just killing it at life and being the very (laughs) wise woman that she is, knows better than to spread herself too thin. So she unfortunately will not be able to uh, continue joining us here on Decades of Strength, but I really would like it if you guys would all make sure you're following Susan. She is just filled with motivation and inspiration and information, all the kinds of Asian. (laughs) Make sure you're following (laughs) Susan. Uh, Probably best way to to connect with her is over on Instagram at Susan Niebergall. I'll give it a try. N-I-E-B-E-R-G-A-L-L. Um, yeah, but all of you who are 50 and up know that I still got your back. I am just about 50, 48. So I, uh, I'm looking out for you. (laughs) Yeah. And I just want to point out that being able to know when you need to back off from something and having that confidence and knowing yourself and being able to do that is so important because I think especially as women, we try to do everything for everyone (laughs) all the time. I know that's how I am. And I did the same thing recently. I, you know, I dropped off a finance committee for the town that I live in. And even though I loved that volunteer position, it took up a huge amount of my time. And um, I just knew that I couldn't do it after three years of doing it. And I dropped off and I felt really bad about it. Um, but I just knew I couldn't keep up with everything. There was just too many balls in the air. So I really yeah. commend Susan for, for being able to, you know, make that decision. Yeah, it's an important thing. We really do try and do it all sometimes. And sometimes it's better when we pick and choose and just kind of nail the things hard that we're, we're going to stick with. Yes, yes I, I think I'm. It's a good example for me too because I I tend to overcommit and I haven't I haven't had as much life experience, you know. So I'm still over still in the overcommitting phase. Yes, <laughs> it's harder for me to say no. But yeah, um, I did just give something up this week also, and I I teach a spin class and I just gave that up um, because I just realized same thing. I'm spreading myself too thin and I want to be able to deliver quality to what really really matters. So I mean, yeah. yeah. 
And it's yeah. important to note that just because you give something up for a little while doesn't mean it's forever. You know, yeah. you have to True. pick that yeah. spin class up when you're feeling more balanced. You might find that you really miss that class. And the same thing with anything that we do. It's not like you make that decision and poof, it disappears from the earth and you can never do it again. And I think that's that's what we tell ourselves is that, well, this is it and this is always going to be it. But that's not the case. Yeah, so true. Yep. 100%. 100%. All right. So on this month's episode, we really wanted to talk about weight loss plateau, because I think this is something, it is something that we're always dealing with, um, with clients. Eventually they hit a certain point, um, where they're not losing as much weight, um, as they want to be. And also a question that we get all the time in the DMS and, um, through email. And so, we wanted to talk um, to everybody about this and tips and strategies that you can use to get past that weight loss um, plateau um, that you can use in your everyday life. So I'm going to ask you, Sam, what is your best advice? Like, what do you tell clients? How do you walk them through that? So um, when when I'm approached with this question, it's usually a matter of like two things one I usually ask them like okay are you being realistic about your plateau like often I'll get a client or anyone you know through Instagram or something asking me about a weight loss plateau and they're like I've been stuck at the same weight for a week you know or like 10 days and so my initial response to them is, but that's not really that long of a time, you know, um, put it in the bigger, in the bigger picture. So I'll usually just, you know, go and say, okay, let's, let's take a step back. How long have you been at this? Um, and, you know, say it's three months. Okay. So you've been at the same weight for, you know, a week or two weeks. That's okay. You know, like it's, you got to just keep the big picture in mind and know that the weight is going to come off at the way, you know, in the way that it wants to, you can't control that. So focus on what you can't control, which is making sure your nutrition's really in check. Like, are you tracking all of your calories, even on the weekends? Um, are you getting your steps in? Are you working out? Like, are you drinking enough water? So kind of shifting their focus from the frustration of the plateau to things that, you know, maybe they're a little bit more excited about or that they're seeing progress with because that weight loss might just be, you know, it might be another few days before they see the scale move around a little bit. So it's usually about shifting the focus off of that and really just thinking about the big picture. Like what is that, you know, so, okay, so you lost that pound now what? So, okay, cool. You did it. (laughs) Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I feel like shifting your focus from being obsessed with the scale number is so key, not just if you hit a plateau, but um, in all aspects of your fitness. But I go through that a lot with my clients. Um, And usually a lot of my clients start strength training for the first time. And they're used to just doing, you know, they're used to going to spin class and they're running. And now all of a sudden they're strength training and they're like, well, I'm not losing any scale weight. And I, you know, my, my comment all the time is let's give it a little bit of time. Like you need to trust the process. Please trust me. Like I'm not steering you in the wrong direction. I promise. And then usually, um, 
a few weeks in, they're like, oh, okay, the scale hasn't really moved, but my clothes are looser. Like I just went down a pant size. And you're like, well, yeah, because now if you're new to strength training, you've got the added bonus of being able to, you know, have some body recomposition and lose fat, but at the same time, gain a little bit of muscle, which is really cool. Yeah. And, I know, think the big thing too, like what you said is explaining that to them, right? Yeah. So that it's not like dismissing them as feeling silly and, and explaining that weight loss plateau or progress plateau in general is actually, it's kind of good. Because it means that your body is working, like it's trying to adapt, right? So yeah. that's actually like explaining it as that like plateaus are inevitable, you know, like the more fat that you lose, the more plateaus you're going to encounter on the way to your goal. So usually what happens if you're not working with the, a coach is you don't have anyone telling you that and you get frustrated and you stop doing what you're doing. Whereas if you have a coach and you express that frustration, they're going to tell you it's okay and be able to walk you through it, and then you'll bust past the plateau. Yeah, I think that is so key because, and again, it's not silly to be upset. Like, if you feel like you're you're doing everything right and the scale is not moving, that is so completely normal to be upset. And, and you hear time and time again, get your mind off the scale. But again, if you're doing this on your, like, when you do anything on your own, it's harder. So if you're doing this on your own, then it's even more upsetting. And you're right, having that coach to walk you through that, to sort of calm you down, to help you focus on something else. And I say this time and time again, not just because I want people to hire me, <laughs> which I do, but <laughs> because I think that coaching Shameless is plug. literally, if there's ever a magic pill um, in you know, weight loss and fitness, it, it is a coach. It's having that accountability and that support in your life. Like, think about it. We all get partners, right? We want a boyfriend, a girlfriend, or husband and wife, because, you know, life is hard and we want someone there with us sharing that journey. So why wouldn't you want to do that if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to, you know, get strong? Mm-hmm. So just, just this morning, I checked in with a client and she's been an online client of mine for a month. And she sent me her second set of pictures. So we had her initial progress pictures and then this set. She's been losing weight, but very slowly. So she's lost two pounds in a month. So that's a, what is that? That's a half pound a week, right? Yep. Yep. And um, good math. Good she, math. I know math is hard. <laughs> um, she really wanted it to be more, but um, I looked at the pictures and the second I saw them, I could not, I could not wait to get them side by side with the first ones because I could see without even putting them next to each other. She didn't see it until I texted them over to her. I'm like, what do you think about this? She looked so different. Like her pants, wow. her shorts fit different. Her stomach was a completely different size and shape. And so one of the things that I would say as far as a plateau, if you're only checking scale measurements, you're doing yourself a big disservice. You really yeah. need a bigger picture. So doing things like taking tape measure measurements, taking progress pictures, and having some clothing that you try on the same thing and see how they feel is really a game changer. Um, she was so motivated after she saw those pictures where a little bit before she was kind of like, well, I think it'll work eventually. And then she looked at it and she's like, oh wait, it's working now. This is, this actually ha- there is no, there's no plateau. She really was making progress. And so looking at all of those measurements is a really big, is a really big deal. Yeah. I think progress, progress pictures for me are always my favorite because again, when they, do see that before and after it's just such 
big motivation to keep going. And, and I, I do feel like if you do see that scale going down every week, that can be a huge motivation as well. But if the scale's not moving, then you've got to have those progress pictures. You've got to have those measurements. And um, my one-on-one clients have to do that. But I've had group coaching clients where they didn't do it and then they regretted it because like at the end of like the 12-week program, they're like, I'm in a new pair of pants and I should have done before pictures. Like I should have listened to you. Pictures are huge. Yeah, for sure. I That's never always took like- my first set myself. Oh, you didn't? Nope. Oh, oh that's gosh. maybe the one thing that, like, I regret is yeah. doing, like, not doing that because I really was just so miserable and I didn't want to do it. I And I didn't have a coach, so, like, no one yeah. was making me do it, you know? Yeah. And I was like, nope, just not going to acknowledge that situation. <laughs> Those pictures are never fun. Like, no one is excited to, like, yeah. take that picture, but they're excited to see that picture later. You know, right. no one's ex- no one's super excited to like put on a bathing suit or a pair of short shorts when you're not feeling comfortable in your body. But it's such a great yeah. idea. Yeah, for later is. on. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. No one wants to do the pictures, but um, when you have a coach who's making you do the pictures, I mean, and you're paying for it, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going all in because I have a coach, and so it's just that added layer of accountability. I remember I sent my pictures to my coach, and I was like don't you ever share these on your website, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, uh, and of course now, I mean, I, I don't care. I put pictures up all the time, but yeah, but we get it. Cause we've all had coaches and we've been there. So we totally understand the mindset. It's not like we're just lecturing people. This is what you need to do. We've been through it. Yeah. Well, I love my before pictures now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love them now. Your before picture that you posted, um, I think it was on your Oh my God. Yes. Right. Isn't that crazy? I didn't even know it was you. I I know. I never picked Like if you, if you gave me a group of pictures and you put that in there and said, find (laughs) me, I would not have picked that picture. I know. It's stunning. It's stunning to me now. It's, and I know it's me, but whenever I see a picture and you know, I don't have a lot of pictures from that time period. It was really hard for me to find a picture. A friend sent me a picture that picture like I don't know half a year ago because she saw it and she's like look at you (laughs) because she was surprised to see it and I'm just gonna say you look better as a blonde not that I'm biased oh (laughs) I agree thank you yeah (laughs) the more weight I lost the lighter my hair got I don't know how that happened (laughs) <laughs> it's funny how that happens. You come to the right side. Yes, I know. <laughs> Wait, I have a question for you, Kim. Yes. Um, do you, because like your transformation is, you know, fairly recent, right? But like, do you ever like do a double take in the mirror? Like, oh shit, that's me. You know, occasionally, usually it has to do with seeing a muscle I haven't noticed before, you know? Because yeah. I because I like to lift, you know, I'll like flex and look in the mirror. I'm not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> so, oh no, <laughs> so I do, and you know, and I will sometimes be like, "Whoa, like look at that!" And you know, building muscle takes a long time, and so sometimes all of a sudden I'll look and I'll be like, "That is not what my butt used to look like. That is not. I've never been able to see my my muscle through my pants before on my thigh. You know, so stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But I forget sometimes how different my face looks until I see a picture. Yeah, I love that before and after. Um, And so just to like, keep talking about the weight loss, like weight loss plateau. um, Something I think that works too, is just finding something else to focus on. And that's not even to do with where your measurements or pictures are at, but like just finding a new activity to do. You know, if you're lifting heavy all the time, then 
you know, maybe start adding in some more cardio or if you aren't strength training and just doing cardio, add in some cardio or sign up for a 5k or take a dance class. Like I always think just like take the pressure off yourself for a little bit and do something fun um, that, you know, helps you get your mind off of it. I think always. Helps. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree for sure. So I think I, as soon as you, oh, sorry, but I, I just wanted to say quickly, I think as soon as you shift your focus from um, trying to lose weight to just like trying to, you know, be faster, stronger, better, whatever, then that's when the weight ends up coming off. Um, because one, you're less stressed out about it. Yeah. And two, you're just like focused on performing as a higher level person. And so it ends up working in your favor and the plateau will eventually dissolve, you know, or you'll end up pushing past, you know, whatever that like, um, limiting belief is that you're like getting in your own head and you'll just focus on the good stuff. And then next thing you know, you're like, Whoa, I'm down three pounds or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. I, I totally agree. You know, I think we think of plateaus as something that is kind of gone wrong, not us as coaches, but I think people think like, Oh, something's gone wrong. I've plateaued when really it's a natural part of the process. So when we focus on these other things, like you're suggesting, it just kind of gives us time for the natural process to keep going to the next step, which is we're going to lose weight again. And that's why yeah. I, really, I totally agree with that. Like, you know, focus on something else. It's going to happen. Time just needs to pass. You're maintaining, yeah. you're maintaining your weight for a bit. And eventually you're going to drop again if you're continuing to follow your plan. And that's where so many people kind of go off the rails because they start to panic because they're not losing weight. And so they, one, give up. Like I think, Sam, you mentioned that. Or the other thing people do is they like yeah. switch course. They're like, I need something else. I need to do something else. I need to try yeah. something else. And so they're in, they're in this perpetual state of like not sticking with something um, because they feel like they've gone, something's gone wrong. Right? Yeah. And so I, being able to, to stay the course is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're right. The maintenance is almost just as hard as the losing the weight, right? Like um, those plateaus are hard to, en- almost harder to endure than losing the weight in the first place. And in, in the same way that losing weight is hard is easier to do than maintaining and keeping the weight off. Yeah. It's like, because when you're just, when you're seemingly at like a standstill, it's, it's easy to be like, well, fuck this, you know, like, I don't want to, <laughs> you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm trying too hard and not getting anywhere. But actually, this is like, you're in a really great spot. Like the plateau is good. It's actually like a good thing because it just helps you practice being in a maintenance phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. hundred I think the other thing too, is that if you've been dieting for a while, like, you know, eating in a calorie deficit for a while, sometimes you just need a break. Um, but you don't know, like you might not even realize it, but you might be actually kind of going off plan, like the little Mm -hmm. grab here and the little bite here. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, my face is in that my daughter's Mac and she's taking a couple bites before I give it to her. (laughs) So good. But after we've been doing it for a while, sometimes we start to slip into old habits and we don't even notice it. So you might actually not even be eating in a calorie deficit anymore, but you've got a calorie deficit mindset, which I think yeah. is the worst. There's so many people who think they're dieting, but they're not. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and then they're not seeing the movement on the scale. And that's when they're really like, just F it. Like, I'm done. This is bull crap. Nothing works. Um, but they're not really tracking as much. They're not really paying attention. And, and eating can be so mindless sometimes, you know? 
just making dinner, you might just grab a couple chips and guacamole here, a couple bites of your kid's mac and cheese here. Well, guess what? That's 150 calories. And Mm -hmm. your deficit might only be three, 400. And if that was at dinner, you might have done the same thing in the office. Oh, just a couple pieces of candy. Not a big deal. A cookie here, cookie there. That all adds up so quickly. I love how you put that, that you, that people think they're dieting because they have this calorie deficit mindset and in their mind, they're doing it, not at all paying attention to the fact that they're not really doing it anymore, but they're still giving it the same amount of mental effort. And so it feels really, um, it feels really awful when you don't see the progress that you're expecting when you think you're doing what in your mind you're doing. Yeah. Um, I actually have a checklist that I kind of go through with people, um, to help them steer through their plateaus. Can I, can I share that with you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the, the, the first part is what we already talked about is looking to see actually, am I in a plateau doing all those things, looking at the scale, the progress pictures, the fit of your clothes. Cause sometimes you just need to stop right there and acknowledge like, Hey, I'm totally still making progress. I just didn't realize it. And a lot of people can just stop right there because they are making progress. Um, if they're not, if they literally haven't seen any progress in any of those measures for, you know, for several weeks, then I would ask them to check and see like, what is your plan? Do you have a very clear plan? And in my mind, a clear plan is not like I watch what I eat. Like that's just, <laughs> that's just random words, right? That's we all not, watch what we eat. We all, we all right? <laughs> and so my next question for them is, do you have a clear plan? Can you tell me what is your plan? And I would expect to hear from them something like, this is the number of calories I eat. This is the amount of protein I eat. Or I eat three meals a day. And this is how my plate is set up. Like, do you have a really specific plan? If you don't, you don't need to worry about your plateau. You need to get a plan. And so that would be the next spot. But if you do have a plan, then the next question I would have you ask yourself is, are you being consistent with that plan at least 90% of the time, including... Saturday and Sunday and Friday night because that's another spot where people just they think they're they think they're following their plan and they are except for two and a half one and a half days a week which constantly can can knock you off of your yeah which is like 30 percent of your week I know and it doesn't feel like that but it really it really is and so then the very last question I would say is okay if you're doing all of that how long have you been doing it because if you've just been doing that for two weeks you just need to stick it out more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love yeah. that checklist because I think a lot of times you'll find that people actually don't have the plan. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, now it's time to get the plan and, you know, really figure out what's going on. And also keep a food diary too. Like if you, if you have a plan and you think that you're sticking to it, do a food diary. And what I find works really well with people, but they almost hate me when I do it to them, is a photo food diary. So oh, I like that. It's super easy because it's like, how many pictures do you take on? Everybody takes pictures on their phones. You just click everything that you eat throughout the day. Just click a picture. So much easier than logging macros. It's easier than like writing everything down in your notes section of your phone. It's photos. But a lot mm-hmm. of times when people go back and look at their photos, they're like, oh, oh, that was that was more than I was actually supposed to eat. All right. I don't even remember eating that. So I find that like a photo food journal is super helpful when you actually really want to like track what you're eating. Love it's kind that. of, it's like keeps you honest too, you know, because. Yeah. Well, that's why easy... people don't like when I make them do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's easy to like underestimate how many calories we eat and overestimate how many calories we burn. Yeah. And usually that is what ends up happening is everyone's like, oh, you know, but I've 
but I worked out for an hour today and I only ate this. So I'm definitely in a, you know, in a negative energy balance. And then they really take a look at it and they're like, oh shit, nope, I'm actually not at all. Yeah. But it's, yep. it's really easy. I think even for us too, like to do that because we're just like, yeah, we did this thing. And if we're consciously thinking about what we're eating, we automatically just kind of are like, yeah. Well, we, we have to be in a calorie deficit if we're, you know, we're paying attention, but it's usually the meticulousness of the real like nitty gritty calories that ends up making or breaking your deficit. Yeah. And I, I agree. And I think that I know certain people tracking your food, um, is not for them, especially, you know, with disordered eating and stuff like that. But, um, for a lot of people just they feel like if they're just eating clean or they're just doing, you know, keto, then that's enough and they should automatically lose weight. And any diet, like any diet you encounter out there, except for some of the really dumb ones like cabbage soup and crap like that, um, (laughs) they all have you eating in a, if you're following the plan correctly, you're eating in a calorie deficit. So you're going to lose weight. But if you're not following the plan correctly, then you're not going to lose weight. And I think that's where confusion comes from too. People are like, well, if I just eliminate this food, I'm going to lose weight. And that's just not the case. Unless it's something like beer, right? Where like, <laughs> or alcohol, where if people are drinking a lot and they just totally cut it out, then they'll notice, oh, wow, I just lost some weight. You're like, well, yeah, because you just cut out over 500 calories a day. Yeah. Of, you know, and that can make a huge difference to someone if that's their typical. Yeah. But, you know, that's not everyone's typical, but still, it's just like, uh, if you cut anything out, it's usually going to decrease your overall calories for the day. So that will start to put you in a deficit. But uh, yeah. I hear that a lot about alcohol too. People are like, oh, I just cut out alcohol and I lost weight. And I'm like, yeah. And also you weren't getting drunk every Friday and Saturday night eating pizza afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's going to help. So anytime someone tells me they cut out alcohol and they lost weight, I'm like, you know what? That's, I mean, that's awesome. I love, I love hearing that because it, it, it gives you a clearer mind too. A lot of people, mm. when they go out on the weekends, they're drinking like frozen margaritas. They're getting the espresso martinis. Um, and all of these drinks have like 500 calories in them. So even if you like to drink, just switch out to a white wine or a skinny margarita, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's options to enjoy the, the things you still love. Maybe just not as calorically dense. <laughs> Correct. Absolutely. So, ladies, I have a super personal question to ask you. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) This is, is like, personal. This is about your home. Like, I'm really going to dig deep here. So, don't be offended. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. I'm ready. What is your Sunday meal prep like in your house? Oh, Mm. you know, it depends on the week for me. Sometimes my meal prep is – and I'll often, like, put this on my stories – um, sometimes my meal prep is more of a traditional, um, I will make a crap ton of food for the entire week. Um, I absolutely do that. I've gotten to the point where I'm fast that it doesn't take me more than an hour and a half. And I could have, I could have probably two breakfasts and probably three or four other main dishes that I could use for lunches for the entire week and at least two dinners. And it's like an hour and a half of my time and boom, I'm done. And other times I don't really meal prep. I just kind of plan. I always plan. I know what I'm eating all week, every week. That is key, the planning. Yeah. I have to do the same. I'm not a traditional meal prepper. Um, I 
kind of and I don't really even do it on Sundays either only because I'm usually working at home or you know close to home um I'll usually pick one day on the weekend and I'll make um some type of like grain like quinoa rice or whatever um and I'll just make it in a big batch and I'll do the same for like hard-boiled eggs and whatever protein source so whether it be like meat or not um I'll make that so I usually just typically do it in like a buffet style Mm -hmm. So I'll make a huge thing of a grain, a huge thing of like some type of meats and I'll chop up veggies or maybe like even roast them. Um, But for me, it's more just like I'll make batches of food and use it in different types of meals. Like I'll make, I'll use some things for tacos and then I'll use some things for an omelet and then I'll use some things for Mm -hmm. like a burrito bowl. And then, you know, so I'll use the same uh foods but put them in different applications because I'm lazy and I kind of like the buffet style (laughs) oh I do I do that as well yeah so you guys have like your sides kind of prepped and ready to add into things yeah but I think the protein is for me the the biggest help like I I will grill up a ton of like chicken and put like a big something like a pork or something in the crock pot and then do a bunch of eggs because having that protein available is so important like because it takes time like to grill chicken and so yeah. if it's already ready, like, boom, there's no excuse to not eat it at lunchtime because it's there. You know, I've got 12 chicken breasts cooked up in my fridge. So, you know, I don't need to go looking for something else. Yeah. yeah it's, and protein's the first thing to go out the window. I'm like, oh, I'll mm-hmm. just have some toast. Like, no, yeah. I need something protein. <laughs> so I do try to focus my meals around protein. But if there's nothing prepped, then I always have a batch of egg white, like um, you know, like a carton of egg whites mm-hmm. in my fridge at all times or like cans of tuna for like last minute, like, oh, crap, yes. I don't have anything. And that's usually my like backup because, you know, I like tuna, but it's not, it's, you know, whatever. It's just a whatever food for me. So I'll have it if I am too lazy to make anything or, mm-hmm. I, you know, I just ran out of my protein source. But I make sure I always have something or else, you know, I'll just go off the rails and be like, oh, forget it. I'm just going to have a bowl of cereal. what about you Nicole what do you do in the way of meal prep so I mean I don't really do I've never been that meal prep person um but I'm like you can I do plan so like I grocery shop once a week I might have to run in for a couple of things like the kids need or something but I know what my meat I know what my dinners are going to be for every single night of the week um, that in mostly during the week we're eating at home. So I know what they're going to be. And I always buy enough so that I have leftovers for lunch mm-hmm. um, because I love eating leftovers for lunch. Any, so I can't cook a bunch of chicken for a whole week. It freaks me out. Like if anything's older than a day, I will not eat it. Every time I open oh, it, <laughs> what's up with that Nicole I don't know it's, it's you know why because my dad is so gross that he's like had salmonella like four times because he legit will eat anything oh. <laughs> it's, it's just like childhood watching him do that so oh gosh I see and I'm always like oh wait can I go one more day can I eat this one more day <laughs> yes that's I kind of push it the other I kind of push it the other way yeah that's yep, the same <laughs> will get like a brand new pack of strawberries and he'll just start eating out of it and I'm like oh, I haven't washed those yet ah! <laughs> I'm absolutely freaking out but for me I think just having a plan and like Sam said too having things in your house like it sounds so silly but I always have a carton of egg whites I always have frozen turkey sausage I always have like chicken patties or like the veggie chicken patties frozen because 
even if I get stuck, I can pop one of those in the toaster oven. I always have bread. Like there's always going to be like something that you have so that you're not like ordering takeout because I think ordering takeout during the week is when people start to get in trouble because then, okay, it's Wednesday and I ordered takeout and now it's Thursday. Maybe I'll just order takeout again. And then you go into the weekend and now you're going out with friends and there's, and let's face it, like restaurants, especially fast food restaurants, like pizza, Chinese, whatever. um, They're not cooking as healthy as they are, as we are at home. There's lots more oil. There's a lot of more butter. um, So when we cook at home, it's just going to be healthier for us. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's certainly going to be lower calorie. Um, that's that's for sure. I have to tell you, meal prep and planning is like one of my favorite things to talk about because I think it is like, I think it's the key. I, what I've noticed with my clients is the key to them being successful is to have stuff planned and available. Um, so I talk about it all, all the time with them. And I love what Sam was saying about having certain things that are like your go-to stuff that's always in your house. I think people should have those items. I think people who work should have things that work. So always like keep a protein bar at your desk or, or um, a bag of beef jerky or something like that for these times where like the time got away and now I'm starving. So maybe I should just go eat donuts or something. So having, you know, or keeping fruit like in the fridge at work or something like that. I'm a really huge proponent of having kind of those backup plans. Um, and also for people to realize that meal prep does not have to be this big overwhelming thing. And I always like preface whenever I post a picture of someone else's like beautiful meal prep, because um, I like to give people ideas. I always preface it by saying yours doesn't have to look like this. These are just some ideas because what Sam said is just making up these batches of things to have on hand is so important. Um, mm. And the other thing that I do is I make enough sometimes to freeze in individual portions. So there's always in my freezer. This of course depends on if somebody has some space, but you don't have to go crazy. Like I right now in my freezer, I think I have like 10 individual containers of white chicken chili and I have, um, Oh yeah. And I have, I I'm have coming like, over. I need to come over. And <laughs> then I have like five, I think of salsa chicken and it's all frozen and pre-portioned and ready to go. So literally anytime I need a meal, like a real meal, I could just go to my freezer and throw one in the microwave and I have dinner. I could just add some like vegetables. Right. Um, and so for people to be able to like think like, oh, they, there's a strategy. I could take I could take an hour and make myself a big pot of chili and put it in individual cartons and put it in my freezer. Well, you've just meal prepped and you've got your like, now my kids are running late and I've got to get to soccer practice. What am I going to do besides hit the drive through? You're going to go to your freezer and microwave your chili. Yeah. Yeah. It's also and- a good um, way to save money. You know, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, you're being efficient with your time because you're only meal prepping once for every few weeks, you know, if you do it that way. Um, but yeah, you can save so much money if you buy in bulk at like BJ's or Costco or whatever mm-hmm. and buy like the, you know, the thing with like 15 chicken breasts in it. It's like yeah. $20 and it looks ridiculous when you buy it. You're like, I'm just feeding me <laughs> for the next four weeks, you know, like you can do like a week of like Mexican chicken, a week of Indian chicken, a week, you know, you can change up the spices and it's like pretty, pretty easy to just mm-hmm. change up the spices, same cooking method, but then bam, you use your freezer as a really good tool to make life easier for you. Yeah. Love and that. I, so I, I, I can't even list how many times I've gotten this comment from different clients. Um, I did really well during the day um, and then I was running late with the kids and I didn't have anything and I ended up getting McDonald's and blah, blah, blah. And then they feel so bad. And my question is always, 
Um, did you have your box of protein bars in your car? Because this is what I tell moms all the time. Keep a box of protein bars in your car at all times. And their answer is always, well, no. And so there's nothing wrong with getting McDonald's for dinner, but I want you to get McDonald's for dinner because, you know, you're happy to get McDonald's for dinner. This is like a nice thing for you to do. You're dying for that, you know, double cheeseburger or whatever. Not a, I ran out of time. I have, Mm -hmm. this is all that I can eat. And now I feel guilty because I went off plan. Um, And so for me, I mean, another other moms I know keep the 100 calorie muscle milks in their car. Those don't need to stay cold. I keep them in my fridge at work. Those do mm. need to stay cold. You can keep them in your car. And so, because a lot of times when you are a busy mom, you're in the car a lot, especially with school after school activities. Um, and so, I honestly don't think there's anything wrong with eating McDonald's, but if you're doing it out of a necessity because you're rushed or you're super busy um, and you weren't you know, you felt like you were going off plan and you feel guilty about it, then that's not when I want you to have McDonald's. Um, I'd rather you just reach for a protein bar in your car. Yeah. Yeah. Another really great strategy to help with that um, is to, as part of your planning, is to look around the areas that you're like talking like work or where your kids' activities are and pick a couple of restaurants that you could have be like your go-to places if you do want to go and grab something fast like comb through that menu and pick one or two things that like, you know, this is still going to keep you on track. And then it's not like you've gone off plan. Like just that you went out to eat just means you've got your food from somewhere else. You didn't cook it and it can still be a hundred percent on plan. And knowing what those places are can be a real like mental lifesaver in those moments where it's not like a choice between either I'm going out for McDonald's or pizza, or I got to go home and cook something and I don't really have time for it. Yeah. And so Wendy's is always a favorite of mine. They have some amazing salads with like 40 grams of protein and like 600 calories. The problem is, is when you wait too long to eat and then you get to that drive through and you smell those cheeseburgers and those crispy chicken sandwiches, all of a sudden that salad's not looking good. And that's why I think making the decision ahead of time and knowing what you're going to order and you don't even like give the menu a second glance, just knowing like, this is what I'm going for. This is what I'm getting is a good way to look at it. And it's good practice too. And you might not always get the salad, um, but it's good practice because I'll tell you back in the day would have never gotten the salad. And now I get the salad all the time. I love getting salad, you know? So it also is not something you're going to be perfect at right away. You've got to work up to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that extends even into like the home, like when you make meals, I think that there's sometimes a like pressure to make all these like fancy, like super duper crazy meals. But I found that at least personally for me and a lot of my clients, like sticking to the same like six to eight meals. Yeah. um, Like for, for life. Uh, will just make things a lot easier because you know how to grocery shop for that stuff. Uh, you you know how long it takes you. The more you do something and the more you prep it, the better and faster you get at it. Like, And a lot of people don't mind eating the same things most days, like some variation of it, I'm sure. But like for the most part, like 90% of my diet is the same. And then yeah. it's like the 10% where I go off of whatever my like typical foods are. And I'll, if I go out to eat or if I'm like, oh, you know what? I really want to try this new recipe. I'm going to spend some time doing that for fun, you know? Um, but I've found that the less decisions you have to make when it comes to food, 
the more prepared and the more you'll succeed because your mental energy isn't like bogged down with having to make a decision. And so often I think like we have to make so many other decisions in life. Like if you're already, you've already been exhausted from work and then you have to go home and think about what you're going to make or what you're going to prepare or, you know, like, do I have the mental energy to like cook right now? Like, no, are you kidding? Mm -hmm. No. Like I'm always going to want to pick the easy way because I've had a stressful day. So like Kim, like you've been talking about, like just planning. I know that I would not be anywhere or any of my clients be anywhere near where they are now progress wise if they didn't plan, like Mm -hmm. putting their meals into my fitness pal before they even eat them. So they don't think about eating more or um, writing down what they're going to eat or like going to the grocery store with a list. Like if you don't do those little things, it seems like, oh, you know, I'll be fine. But really, yeah. like, that's actually that structure is so important to have set in place so that you stick with what you're doing. Yeah, I love that point, Sam, about how you don't have to be fancy with your meals and constantly coming up with new ideas. But sticking to the, the same six or eight ideas is a really it's a really a good strategy. And I think it takes a lot of pressure off of us, you know, especially I mean, Nicole, you have kids. Sometimes somehow it came into my mind at some point as a mom, that, like I needed to be super, super entertaining with my family and our meals. And I always <laughs> need to be like, you know, whipping up something new and it gets kind of <laughs> exhausting. And, yeah. um, you know, it just kind of, I gave that up years ago. And so we kind of stick with the same kind of basic things. And like you were saying earlier, Sam, I do switch up the seasoning sometimes mm-hmm. or I'll switch up, you know, I'll do the same type of meal, but I'll cook, I'll bake it or I'll crock pot it or I'll grill it. So I'll like different methods of preparing the same type of food. But yeah, I think it's really good for people to sit down and take time up front to kind of figure out like, what food do I like to eat? How do I like to prepare them and come up with like six or eight dinners and a couple of lunches and a couple of breakfasts that are kind of their go-to's. Um, it's just a really winning strategy if you're looking to like lose weight. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. The simpler, the better. I get so many questions from women. um, Like, what do you eat? And my response is always, well, watch my stories. And two, it's not sexy or fun. Like I eat the same stuff over and over and over again. (laughs) Yeah, me too. You know, and there's the interesting thing is though, even though it doesn't sound super fun, like if you find stuff you really enjoy eating and then find cool ways to like flavor it. I just tried something new this week. I'm going to put this on my story sometime. So have you guys ever pickled an onion before? Uh, yes, I have. Oh my God, that's so weird. I was going to do that this weekend. Are you serious? That's so funny. I so, swear, I just bookmarked this thing. It totally is easy and it's delicious. It really makes a difference in a salad. We oh, yeah. really like, Nicole, I know you're always eating at Panera. You're always posting Panera. My daughter and I really like one of their salads there. It's actually one of their higher calorie salads. They're oh, green the goddess. goddess. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have to mess around <laughs> with it a bit for it to get into the calories that I went, that I want, but I love the pickled onions. And she asked me if I could make it at home recently. And I was like, well, I have no idea how to pickle an onion. Well, it turns out it's like literally apple cider vinegar and a little bit of sugar. And there was one other thing. What was the other thing? Salt. That's yeah. it. That yeah. was it. And then you just leave like the sliced up onion in there. It is delicious and it gives so much flavor. So you're not just eating like, you know, I don't want anybody sitting at home just eating like dry chicken on leaves. That's yeah. no, that, that doesn't taste so good. Yeah. So, you know, finding like easy ways to like flavor things. Is yeah. Good. I think actually that's a great point. Um, when you go out to eat, like think about what you order, like what you're naturally inclined to order and then go home and go on Google or Pinterest or whatever, or find a cookbook. I like, I actually prefer cookbooks. Um, oh, really? And 
find a recipe that's comparable to that and then find ways to make it either lower calorie, higher protein, whatever it is. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like your meals need to satiate you or else you're going to eat your whole meal and then want to eat a whole nother meal because it tasted like shit. You know, um, yeah. eating like a grilled chicken breast on lettuce sucks. I'm not going like, <laughs> to totally not- that's not like what I want to eat. So, um, but that's like often the image that we have in our heads about what meal prep is like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to have this bag of lettuce and a grilled chicken (laughs) breast and no dressing and I'm going to wash it down with a water. Like, okay. (laughs) Like I'm good. Thanks. Um, but if you can find the meals that you really like, like whatever it is, maybe it's like a pasta dish. Okay. Go buy some of that high protein pasta, mix it with some, um you know some of your own spaghetti sauce and some ground turkey boom you have like a bolognese full of protein and it's like you would have ordered that in an italian restaurant would probably would have been a thousand calories yeah but now the meal you just created at home that costed you like 75 cents is 300 calories (laughs) and it'll fill you up for like five hours because it's so packed with protein yeah that barilla protein pasta that's what i get for my kids that's how i sneak in protein (laughs) Ah. Yeah, I've been loving the edamame pasta. Ooh, it is, oh, I've never had that. Oh my god, it has 25 grams of protein in it. Really? It's insane, and it does not taste like shit. Like I thought it was gonna be like tasting a little weird. No, it's so good. It's like 25 what, or 30. What's grams the texture of like, Sam? Same the texture as pasta. like. Same is it pasta. really? It's so ah. weird. I don't know how they did it. Um, I mean, yeah. they can do anything with soy these days. It's- yeah, it's true. It's <laughs> That's true. impressive. They have, a, yeah. they have a black bean one as well. That one's not, in my opinion, as good. It's a little bit weirder texture, but it's still got like 20 grams of protein in it per serving. And uh, it's it's good. It's a good like option if you if you have a hard time or you, you don't eat meat and you have a hard time hitting your protein. Okay. Bowl. All right. Mm. I'll have to give that a try. I'm pretty picky about my pasta. So I'm Italian and I grew up eating pasta like every day yeah and me, I re- too. me too <laughs> I really love it and so I, I don't know I haven't messed with any of this protein pasta yet but I'll, I'll give it a try yep yeah, that and the, see the how that goes Trader Joe's cauliflower gnocchi oh, oh, oh yeah you guys saw it on my story that. but yeah I saw that yeah oh my gosh worth <laughs> it huh all right I'll yeah. give that a try yep I'll give that see if I can convert to that stuff yeah, so you know, it's I like think finding that stuff, like the the things that are pretty comparable that you're willing to be like, okay, you know what, this is pretty damn close. Like, I'm gonna flavor it and make it taste bomb and not even notice. You know? Yeah. And you know, I think to play around with things too. You might not get something right the first time, but you know, just don't give up. One, you know, just don't just do it once and give up. You got to keep trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and be willing to admit when something just isn't going to be willing you're not going to be willing to substitute some things like yeah. for me if I try that pasta and I don't like it I will go back to on occasion I'll just have a big old bowl of regular spaghetti yeah. and that's totally fine because I can fit that in if most of my other meals are you know lean protein and vegetables so yes. I think it's cool to like really not it's just really important to look in for things like what am I willing to trade and what would I rather just kind of leave the same and use my calories on? Yeah. Like Betty Crocker brownies. Yeah. Like <laughs> I told you, there is nothing better than a box cake or a box. <laughs> yeah. yeah Sam, Sam's go at low calorie brownies did not work out. No. Well, it tastes like shit. <laughs> yeah. I was making brownies with um, avocados once and I was like, oh, hell no, mm. this is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just leave it to Betty Crocker. She just knows it. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's funny. And people love so a lot of people love cauliflower pizza, and I've yet to do it because I'm like, wait, pizza, wait, pizza. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I tried I'm it. Gonna... 
I'm not. You have tried it. You didn't yeah. like it. I mean, it's fine, but I'd rather just. I don't. I don't ever really crave pizza often, so it's just not my thing. But if I'm gonna get mm-hmm. pizza, like I am gonna, like you said, I'm just gonna go out and get it, and it's gonna be something I eat out and and enjoy. Yeah, yeah. do a skinny pizza, like super thin crust with a bunch of arugula on top. Like I like that sort of variation, or just like a regular, like regular. That was so Boston. Regular. Yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a regular pizza, wicked pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a that's a really great point, though. Finding what you're willing to sacrifice and finding what you really just need to keep in to keep you like sane um, mm-hmm. will be important in the long term to make sure that like you're still able to enjoy your favorite stuff, you know. Because like, if your favorite thing in the whole world is ice cream, and you don't want to sacrifice and make nice cream, you know, with the frozen yeah. bananas, yeah, then that's okay. Like, ice cream can be your thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as it's not everything that you like, you're, you know, it's like there has to be a little bit of sacrifice and planning. But there's sure. definitely things that taste better when you don't make them, or taste better with the added fat or sugar, and that's okay. Like, it's not like it's it's gonna ruin anything. I think it's kind of good to keep that stuff in your diet in moderation to keep you mentally sane and from you feeling like you're going to go off the rails if you if you do have it 100 yeah. percent. so you know what I think people when they hear about meal prepping and meal planning and all the suggestions we just gave one of the things I think people mentally push back um, and I'm going to say this to you ladies and I'd like to hear what you would say back is I don't have time for that <sighs> what would you say I would say you just watched my story for the past 10 minutes, so I know you do. <laughs> yeah, so my my response always when people say I don't have time for that um, is, no, you don't want to make it a priority because I can list off hundreds of people who make time for that and have busier schedules than you. So sometimes I, I, I literally hate that comment. <laughs> It drives me crazy. Yeah, I think it is exactly that. It's just that it's not a priority. Yeah. But, um, you know, you can. I think it's okay if it's not a priority. Okay, it's not a priority. But don't dismiss it as you don't have time because, you know, you maybe you're lying in bed for 10 minutes at night on Instagram. You're on the toilet scrolling through your news feed for 10 yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you're, um, I don't know, you're talking to your coworker about, nothing for another 10 minutes there's 30 minutes you could have meal prep some protein you know I mean I'm being dramatic but also like all those little moments throughout the day that are wasted you know those could add up to to making your health and life easier and better yeah Yeah. and, and I'll tell you too is that whenever I get the I don't have time for this or I don't have time for that that's all from I always get that from potential clients who never sign up and as soon as they start saying that it's it's sort of bad for me to say, but I'm I'm almost like okay, they're not ready. You know, I'm mm-hmm. almost just mentally writing them off because I'm like they're not ready. Because the clients who do hire you, they're ready, and they're never going to say to you, "I don't have time for that." They're going to say to you, "Holy crap, today was a crazy busy day. I went off plan. What can I do in this situation?" So the I don't have time for that. I just think you're not ready to start yet. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's making that choice to be ready or we're saying like, you know what, this isn't going to be a priority for me now, where I think people struggle is where they think I don't have time. And yet I still want to lose the weight. It's this like this yucky feeling inside where you feel like you should be able to do something without putting in the effort. And I think deciding one way or the other, like, you know what, this just isn't a priority for me right now. 
It doesn't mean it won't be in a little bit or deciding like I'm going to make it a priority and I'm going to create the time. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's so true. Like maybe you're just not in the right season to do it. You know, it could just be that you really want to focus. Like say if someone's like going back to school or they're, you know, in a really uh, huge project at work and that's what they want to dedicate their like focus to, that's okay to acknowledge that maybe this, the next few months are not the best time to really like push towards your weight loss goal. Like maybe Mm -hmm. maintenance is the best place for you to be right now while you're stressed. And then after this project's done in a month or whatever it is, then you can start working on, you know, focus on yourself and give a hundred percent to that rather than like trying to feel like you're letting yourself down because you can't do two things at once. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Totally, totally agree with that. All right, ladies. Well, this was super fun. Yeah. As always. A lot of goodies out on the table for hopefully listening. (laughs) I know everybody is going to try this gnocchi cauliflower pasta. (laughs) We're going to pickle some onions and then we're going to (laughs) have edamame spaghetti. Yes, and then go get real pizza and ice cream. (laughs) And then yes, then we're gonna get some real pizza and ice cream. (laughs) Wait, so question for you guys: What's your favorite? Um, like when you guys go out to eat, what's your like? If you're just saying like this is my an untracked meal, like I just kind of want to you know enjoy this meal and whatever. Um, what's your like favorite meal, or even it could be dessert to get when you're when you're going out. Oh gosh, I like so much food. Um, <laughs> I, I really do. Yeah, spaghetti and meatballs is one of my big ones. It's hard. I haven't done that in a while. But my other one, I really like um, Vietnamese food. Oh, I really yes. like Me a big too. bowl. I always say it wrong. P H O. Pho. Oh, pho. Yeah. Pho. I always. I think it's actually. That's... I think people call it pho, but I think it's actually fi. No, it's. Pho. I don't. Is well, it? That's. Pho? I think. Pho. I think it's pho, but everyone says it pho. Yeah. <laughs> so. P-H-O, guys. I really love that stuff. Yeah. Um, for me, honestly, it's it's pizza. <laughs> pizza? Pizza. Yeah, I that's good, just, too. I like that, too. I just love pizza, and I have a favorite pizza restaurant. So when I'm, like, we'll do takeout from different places because we have kids, so pizza is a normal part of our lives. Um, but when I really want pizza, there's a restaurant in Danvers where I'm, like, yes, I'm going to get pizza. Uh, and I get I get like a regular cheese pizza but then I get the grilled buffalo chicken on top and then I dip that shit in blue cheese and it is so good (laughs) (laughs) so good that's my wait did Sam did you tell us I don't have room for dessert after that (laughs) no oh okay um mine I would have to go with probably either sushi like I love sushi um and either sushi or some type of like Asian or Asian and Mexican are my like Ooh, top I love two. Mexican. So yeah, I could just like go ape shit on like tacos or like I'm I I love platters like bowls and plates of food. So like, <laughs> it just doesn't matter like, what it is. Yeah, yeah. Keep it in a bowl. <laughs> Put it in a bowl, and I'll already like it more. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> just a big bowl of food yeah <laughs> that's, that's, a that's, what that's what I'm into <laughs> all right when I come up to Boston for the meet let's go and get a big bowl of food I am so <laughs> oh you better believe it <laughs> after after we uh compete we're gonna be eating <laughs> lots of big bowls yes <laughs> um, all right ladies awesome. 
Well, until next time, and for all of the you guys who are listening, make sure you email either one of us um, and let us know your questions. Like if there's something that you want us to talk about, we are glad to talk about it. Um, you can also DM us on Instagram. So I think all three of us all respond to all of our DMs. So you can reach out to us Absolutely. anytime. Yes. Yeah. Anytime. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, our next our next one will be, what, a month from now, right? Yeah. Yes. I think we should We're talk gonna... about, like, all things Thanksgiving. Yes. We'll be yeah. talking about, we'll be talking about holiday eating strategies yeah. for dealing with that. Maybe strategies for dealing with food pushers. That's a big one that comes up around the holidays. Yeah. yeah. Staying active of... during the holidays. Yeah. Like, get a quick workout in. Yeah. yeah. Sam's going to have, good. like, a cauliflower pumpkin pie recipe. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> no <laughs> way. <laughs> all right this has been fantastic talk to you soon awesome talk okay. to you guys next month Bye-bye. bye well that's it for this episode of the decades of strength i hope you enjoyed the episode please join us again next month we'll be talking all things holiday eating and exercise during the holidays strategies to help you be successful In the meantime, we would love it if you would share with us your comments, your feedback, and leave us a rating.